0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: What's up, guys? It's your boy Dylan at Thunder Jazz, and I'm here with a word from our sponsors, Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Just head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50, that is BLEAV50 in all capital letters, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. And Welcome back everybody to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I'm your host Dylan Hunsinger at Thunder Chats. We are part of the Believe Network and unfortunately I'm not joined by any of my Top of Thunder unit today. Uh, Alex is sick. I think Connor's actually had a comedy show. Uh, the other guys have got other stuff going on so I had to call in the Avengers. I had to put up the bat signal. You know all the cliches and some some fine gentlemen answered the call. So First off, we've got of the OK3 podcast hailing from the nation of Canada. This is a man that has met Shay face to face. He has bought clothes out of his closet and he has a signed Slam magazine cover. Yanni, a.k.a. OKC Skittles. Yanni, how you doing, sir?
2: Doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, last time I was on the pod, I was talking about the FIBA game where I watched Shay play and I managed to one-up myself and actually meet Shay. I don't know if this is being posted on youtube but like here's the yeah. magazine he cited and everything had a like nice conversation with him and his dad like if we have time at the end i can get into that but great experience overall thanks for having me
1: absolutely man and uh it's not just you i also am joined by two other of my brothers uh marvel fans alike OU fans uh cowboy fan in one case one is the thunder meme lord, and one is the clippers enemy public enemy number one uh we got hunter Harjo and clemente almanza what's up guys
0: oh man i, I really appreciate the uh the big name the gaming man um pretty public <laughs> that's i gotta say
1: hey <laughs> i'm public enemy number two so <laughs> i just like to watch sit back and watch clemente get harassed on the day <laughs> Yeah, it's a good time, man, but guys, uh, you know, once again, just appreciate you guys coming on, especially super short notice, like I literally messaged each of you like, I don't know, like four, four and a half hours ago, and you guys all were willing to come on, so shout out to you guys for that, um, but guys, exciting things are happening in the land of, in the land, in the minds of Thunder fans everywhere. Uh, today was Thunder Media Day, and you know, we're going to get into, you know, kind of our big takeaways from everybody that taught today, but uh, first, I want to go right to Clemente because of all of us on the podcast, um, Clemente was one that had the pleasure of actually being there. So Clemente, uh, if you don't care, man, just kind of some summarize kind of like your experience. This was your first media day, right?
0: Yeah, I've been covering the team for a couple of seasons now, but the last couple of media days I've been on Zoom. So this mm-hmm. was like the first one that's been back to normal since I've been covering the team. Um, it was pretty cool. It was pretty chill. Uh, they just had us, they basically just had us wait in the room and it just kind of wait till everybody took a turn speaking. Um, that took about oh, three, four hours ish. Um, the funny thing is, is like, you know, once all those, all the big players got them talking the room, dwindled. <laughs> so like by the end of it, mm-hmm. it was just like me and like three, four, five other reporters talking to um, Eugene Moroi. So that was just yeah. kind of funny to see. Um, but after that ended, they just kind of let us walk around there for a bit. Um, I went onto the court. I saw Rumble doing his game day presentation stuff where he's trying to hype the crowd up and all that. I saw Michael Scala taking his photos as well. Um, and then they had, they gave us, in terms of, like, you know, food, they gave us food as well. Um, I'm sure people don't care about that. But, you know, it was, it was just kind of weird eating, you know, a hot dog and just seeing some of the players just – walk by you all like uh, casually so um yeah i mean it was a cool experience overall i mean i feel like the funder probably had like one of the more chillax media days in Mm -hmm. terms of like the entire league um i think the biggest you know thing in our minds or the fan base's mind was hearing you know what shay had to say um about like you know are you still content being okc what do you think of all these you know Trade. Well, I wouldn't call them rumors because nobody's reporting anything. <laughs> They're more yeah. just guys just talking on podcasts and, and thinking up with potential players to to talk to. But yeah, that was like the biggest thing heading into media day, and I feel like most Thunder fans were satisfied with the answers he gave.
1: Yep, absolutely, man. And uh, you know, kind of touching on the food, uh, shout out my guy Bobby Howard, uh, Boontown Hoops. Um, my brother-in-arms he actually missed Jalen williams interview because <laughs> he was getting a, a hot dog for the for the media meal so shout shout out bobby on that but uh how's that work man did they have a bathroom nearby like do you guys just have to be like trapped in there like a marvel movie or what uh
0: not nah, i mean um i think there is a bathroom not that far away but honestly i don't remember because when i went i, I just I, I entered the arena and then i went straight to where the the presser was happening and I didn't really leave that place until the presser ended. So I didn't really have a chance to like map out the entire area, but yeah. From what I remember, I think there was a bathroom pretty nearby.
1: I got you. Yeah. I know uh, Alex always tries to go to media day. Um, I, I think he's gone ever since he's had credentials, but obviously he was sick today. So it was a bummer that he missed, but you know, uh, you, know uh, you know, I mean, flip, flipping back, like it, it's awesome. You got to go, man. That's, that, that's really awesome. Um, but hey, let's uh, let's get into it. So uh, Hunter, first guy up to the podium today was uh, head coach Mark Dagnall. And, you know, he you know, he he covered very early on that Chet was not going to be there participating in media day, which was a bummer for Thunder fans. But um, if I was to ask you other than, you know, Chet not being there, what was your main takeaway from what Mark Dagnall had to say?
3: Oh, well, I, I say one of the big takeaways was talking about Chip England and, yeah. uh, you know, bringing him in, you know, uh, talking about how he's going to be a part of the team, but more of a part time role. I think that really, really caught my eye at first. Uh, uh, immediately when I heard that, I went to uh, the DMs. And I talked to Clemente and I told him that he's had that Brock Lesnar type uh, deal and <laughs> you know, doing that little part time role. But hey. As long as he's, like they said, he's still involved with the team right now. He's, he's not going to be with them at every single game. And I think they even said, the, uh, I think it was Mark who said, Chet's not going to be at every single game either. But he'll yeah. still be working with the players at every you know every other practice as well. And it already sounds like Chip's working well with Josh Giddy. I mean, we'll get to those comments later, obviously. But uh, yeah, obviously, I think uh, Chip, number one, uh, part-time schedule. That really caught my eye. But hey, uh, they praised him. Uh, t- Mark talked about all the praise that Chip got. Uh, especially from the San Antonio uh, coaching staff. Uh, so just hearing all the praise from the shot god himself, Chip England, I, I, that's the first thing that caught my eye.
1: Yeah, I'm with it, man. Yeah, I mean, everybody's really excited about Chip England joining. Um, I, I knew that, you know, somebody was going to ask about that. I, I feel like, you know, looking back at the questions, let me say, correct me if I'm wrong, was Josh Giddey the only like player that was specifically asked about Chip England?
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um... That I was pointed. By, yeah, I was surprised by Josh's answer as well because I think he said that it, it's cool that the funder are going out of their way to sign town to help him. Like, if I can look up the, the the exact quote real quick, but he said something about how um, Chip England was brought in to help him directly and, and not just the entire team. So for him to come, and kind of knew that in our back of our minds, like we we knew once whenever Woj tweeted out the funder riding chip england like the first player that came to all of our minds was josh giddy uh-huh. um so for josh to kind of confirm that today was pretty was pretty crazy to be here
1: yep absolutely uh yanni skit uh what, what do you want me to call you man
2: <laughs> honestly whichever you, you can alternate i don't mind
1: okay i yeah i probably i probably, will. I probably will. just just keep it fresh so uh we'll go with skit this time skit man uh what was your uh, big takeaway from uh, Degnault's, uh availability
2: Honestly, Dignot was just more of the same. He has a very calm presence when he speaks, which mm-hmm. I like. Um, he drops the one-line bars sometimes, like the Skills Broccoli, which is the inspiration behind my Twitter username, obviously. Um, one interesting thing that he did say was he wants everyone on the team to have certain baseline skills. So he wants everyone to be able to defend at a certain level, rebound at a certain level, and I think he said push the pace at a certain level. And then after that, he branches out for to specific guard skills and forward skills and all that stuff but i found it interesting how he wants everyone to have certain baseline things and while it sounds simple and it's probably like yeah obviously it was just interesting to hear him actually acknowledge that so i'd say that was my big takeaway but it was more of the same with him
1: yeah for sure and you know the the thunder i don't know they've done this weird thing um you know used to it felt like They would stream, like, you know, where Clemente and all the reporters were sitting and like stream their interview with all the players. But now they're doing this weird thing where they're streaming, you know, the Thunder Basketball Universe podcast, doing their live stream interviews. And, you know, they're good, like, for what they are, but those guys work for the Thunder. They're not going to ask any difficult questions or groundbreaking questions. Um, you know, like they are in the presser. So uh, Mark Daynault was actually on there and, you know, that was where I was listening because that, that was the only thing I had access to at the time. And something that he said in that that stood out to me was, you know, there's all this talk about this is a lot of these players first full off season, but it's also Mark Daynault's first full off season as a head coach. So uh, this is a time that he's really got to go into his bag and like, you know, you know, really, really just try to work stuff out like schemes, like I guess roster construction things, like, you know, just experimenting with different things and really getting the lab. So, you know, I've, I've been really pleased, you know, personally with Degnault's performance as a head coach since he's been on the Thunder and just the fact that he's had this much longer to prepare, you know, it's got me excited. Uh, Clemente, uh, we'll we'll end with you on this one. Uh, Did you have another takeaway and, you know, what was your overall, a uh, feel of Dagnalt's availability.
0: Yeah, I think um, something interesting that he said during the presser, um, I tweeted it out. Um, to quote my tweet, it says, he said, we're not interested in average and being conventional leads to average. We've mm-hmm. had a willingness from a strategic and team building standpoint to chase excellence. We're aggressive in our pursuit of our goals. And I think he was asked about um, roster building. Um, so... And, you know, we heard Sam say similar things for the last couple of years about how, you know, the team wants to chase a play-in spot or, like, the lower playoff seed, then they can easily do so. Um, so for Mark to, you know, reiterate that on the first day, of media day, um, on media day, she goes to show that, you know, that the entire organization is in sync and, like, it's, they're pretty, it's pretty clear that they're all on the same page. Um, but, yeah, I thought that was uh, pretty interesting for Mark to say.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and, and it kind of plays into uh what Presty was saying in his availability on Thursday where, you know, they was talking about the uh um what was I trying to say? Oh, how he would say that today in the NBA, it's unconventional to have one guy just calling to play, just bringing the ball up and you know, so, like, conventional is having multiple ball handlers, and so now they're trying to take a step up and having jumbo size multiple ball handlers on the floor. So, yeah, I, I really like how the Thunder keep trying to, you know, push the boundaries of, of what's conventional and whatnot. Um, uh, Clementa, did they say – did they come out and say why Chet wasn't participating, or did they just kind of say it and leave it be?
0: Uh, they told us off the record, so – okay
1: well bobby said something on twitter when, when i asked him so i didn't know if they said it um but maybe he wasn't supposed to say that so i'll just leave it at that.
2: <laughs> yeah on a i think brandon did a twitter spaces after and he mm-hmm. did say chet is going to have some kind of thing in a couple of days i don't know if that's going to be a short interview or what but he kind of teased that so Oh,
1: yeah. They did say he was going to have like separate media availability at a later date. I didn't know it was like that soon, though. So, OK, that's cool. Um, well, well, we'll move on from that. I don't want to get Clemente in trouble. So uh, <laughs> talking about Shea, uh, we'll start with uh, we'll start with Skid on this one. Um, what was your biggest takeaway from Shay's media availability? And this could be, you know, in the main press conference, this could be in the podcast setup, this could be in uh, down to dunk. Um, I haven't got a chance to listen to down to dunks interviews, but I know he, uh, Andrew also had several interviews. So uh, take it away,
2: Skip. Uh, biggest takeaway is pretty obvious. I think Andrew Schleck did a great job of just, well, the media, like main media availability did as well, but Andrew Schleck straight up told him like, this is a real narrative. People are constantly trying to get you out of OKC, trying to get you traded. And she just straight up said, I signed a five-year contract. I knew what I signed up for. I believe in this team. I didn't just sign up to lose. And I know this is temporary. So him just straight up acknowledging it and answering the question fully for what it was and not just not uh, being indirect in any way was my biggest takeaway. Like just reassuring his commitment to the team. Because, yeah. you know, a, a lot of people like to speculate and they still will. But it's good to, you know, have some clear, hard, concrete evidence of him being perfectly happy, even though there was never evidence of him being unhappy. Yes. You know how it is.
1: Yeah, dude, it, it was freaking awesome. It made me so happy. Um, you know, it, it's good to have something that we can point to. You know, we had those things of talking about Shea being happy um, that we would point to. But like for him to say, like, I know what I'm signing up for. Like, I didn't just sign here like willy nilly. Like I, I signed up here with a plan. Like I've been saying, I know the plan. I'm on board with the plan. Um, you know, it, it definitely helped. Now, you know, Raptors fans especially, they're still like, Oh, but wait, like if he keeps losing, he's it, it the plan's gonna change. Like, I mean, they're they're gonna keep wish casting that until you know, until Shea retires, that he's gonna end up for Raptor. But yeah, it that absolutely was awesome to and, and shout out to Andrew for for getting him to say that specifically because just the way that he worded it was like it felt very definitive. So Appreciate that. Uh, Hunter, let's go back to you, man. What was your biggest takeaway uh, from the Shea Gildas Alexander?
3: Juggling between two, but I think I'll go with the MCL, which is pretty recent right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, when mentioned, Shea said that his MCL was feeling fine right now, way better than when it initially happened as well. And he feels like he's on the right direction. So... While we might have still some worries, you know, he's getting reevaluated in two weeks and then we'll still see if he's ready to go for the start of the season, but he will miss training camp. Obviously uh-huh. uh, it was interesting to see, or interesting to hear from Shay that he's feeling like he's in the right direction, feeling healthier. So it uh, makes me more optimistic that we will see him the start of the season. So that was one of the first things that caught my eye.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I um, we, we, we got to see the guy healthy uh, Clemente. Uh, you know, I kind of saw in videos and pictures, um, did Shay I know he usually wears a leg sleeve, but was that on the same leg that he's hurt? Like, did he show, like, any gimp in his step at all? Or No, I mean, he really only took, like, a couple of steps
0: because he had to get on the uh, the stage. Uh, we didn't really see him walk a ton, but he looked fine. And, yeah, he wore a leg sleeve, I believe, on his right leg. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure if he's worn that before. I mean, I'm sure if you look for photos, you could probably find a couple games that he's worn one. Oh. But, plus you know the only reason they were in uniform was to take photos so i'm assuming you know that's part of his fit yeah but, yeah
1: well that that makes me sad because uh, i i haven't i don't have the stats to bear it out but i 100 percent know that headband shay is better than no headband shay and he didn't <laughs> have a headband at the beginning at media day last year and he didn't this year so we, we gotta work on it shay we gotta
2: work on it um uh-huh. Just real quick to add about yeah. uh, his limp. I noticed in the Thunder basketball universe live stream, he did have a limp when he was walking off. It was like mm. a pretty obvious limp on that leg that had the leg sleep. So well, take that for what you will, I guess.
1: That makes me sad, Yanni. That makes me sad. All right, <laughs> uh, Go back to Clemente, uh, Clemente. What was your takeaway from Shay And uh, what was your uh, what was your kind of thought of, of him like in, in this? setting as compared to um, the end-of-season setting. Uh, I know there's been a lot of – like, a lot of people said that he was, like, very upbeat, like, coming into the end-of-season press conference. And I saw him enter, and <laughs> he didn't seem as, like, you know, as, like, overly uh, joyous, but, like, you know, not mad or anything like that. But, yeah, like, w- what was the vibe?
0: I mean, the vibe was fine. Um, you didn't really sense anything one way or the other. It just felt like, you know, Shay doing um, media day interview stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, yeah, there was really no strong emotion um, one way or the other for him. But in terms of, like, biggest takeaways for me, I thought it was interesting how um, how much he said that he thinks he's going to fit in well with both Chet and especially in Josh's case because um, one of the biggest quotes from last season was his whole plan A or plan A, plan B comment where Josh when he was asked about playing more off the ball. Um, so for him to say that I believe in February, and, and, and several months later to turn around and say, you know, kind of the, the exact opposite where he said he loves his fit with Josh um, and that it's easy to play with someone like him um, it just goes to show that, you know he's um, pretty bought in to how the roster's been constructed and he understands like, hey, if he's going to be successful, if the team's going to be successful, then it it's probably going to require multiple ball handlers, which, you know, goes back to the point I was making earlier about how everybody within the organization from top to bottom seems to be in sync with um, how the roster should be constructed.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that that was one of, like, the big negatives um, whenever Shea's injury was announced, just the, the absolute bummer that he wasn't going to have training camp to, you know, kind of work on that chemistry with playing with Giddy on ball, off ball. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, it's a long season, like they'll have time to like iron that out. But I'd rather them not like do that during games. Like I'd rather them have, you know, a little bit of a stepping point. But, you know, you, you can't always have what you want. Um, yeah. I guess. Did you?
0: Um, I was going to have real quick. Did you guys get a chance to see his earrings? And what is rocking, man? I did not. Oh, my God, dude. Let's just say that's like probably at least a year's salary for me. <laughs> like, dude, that's, seeing that in person was—it was very, um, very—it uh, it catches your eye for sure. So, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I, 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 I don't yeah, know yeah. if that translated through the through the stream or like through video or through camera or whatever, but yeah, for sure. I,
1: it, it did not. I mean, hey, that's that's the perks of being in person, man. So absolutely i mean you gotta remember this guy signed his uh extension with a super fancy cartier pin so yeah okay. absolutely he also said,
0: um, yeah he also said that you know he's big on fashion as well so that kind of mm-hmm. you know fits that
1: yep absolutely
3: clemente catching the irl easter eggs out there,
0: <laughs> there <go>. red circle <laughs> 10 things you miss <laughs>
1: does he know <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no my my biggest takeaway from shay um yeah I, obviously like all, all the things you guys said as well but when he was talking about his leadership and how he wanted to be authentic in his leadership um you know he's he kind of in, not in so many words he said you know i'm not this like rah-rah guy that's gonna like scream and yell and try to get everybody hype like i'm gonna be me in the way that i lead and you know in what we've seen in the time that he's been in OKC, like him being him's been been just fine. Like I, I think that the team, the teammates, and the coaches and Presty, like all around, agree that he's a great leader. So, I definitely appreciate that. And kind of, kind of cheating, combining a Dagnall and a Shea takeaway here. Um, Dagnall talking about how hard of a worker Shea is, just kind of echoing what we said. Like every and he even said that you know it, it, there's no like there's a reason that every time he comes back he takes a leap so got me even more excited for the season. So uh all right, let's get into uh, Josh Giddy. And uh this one we'll start with Hunter. Hunter, what was your big takeaway from Josh Giddy's media availability?
3: I mean, obviously not cutting
1: his hair. I mean, come out with big
3: <laughs> <laughs> But uh I think him, I mean, <clears throat> this goes back to what I was talking about earlier with the Chip one. Uh, just working on a shot and his three-point uh, three shooting. And that, I think that's a really big, important thing that he he touched upon, uh, how he's been working two to three days uh, a week with Chip England, on uh, working on mm-hmm. a shot. That's pretty big news. And uh, it, it's got me excited to see how far he's progressed since that hiring, even talking about how he uh, called up his agent, and they were just ecstatic to hear that they were able, the Thunder were able to get Chip England on the coaching staff. So uh, it just shows that the, the players are bought in on the organization. The organizations are bought in on the players right now. And Josh Giddey is going to be just working on his game. So that he, all those little uh, <clears throat> negatives of his game right now could be greatly improved. I'm just excited to see where that shot comes along, uh, especially those two to three days working every week with Chip England. I mean, those that's got to lead to some sort of output there. So I'm really excited to see where Josh Giddey comes along this other season with his shot.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and just like watching him in summer league compared to like the open court runs that we saw, granted, open court runs i get it 100 like the competition is different but just the speed and the setup and the form of the shot like it looks so much better already and that's just after you know a very small amount of time working with chip england so yeah i i think that if josh really buys into what chip's selling like i'm not saying that like chip's like just gonna like revolutionize his game but if josh adds like a semi-consistent three-point shot to his game like look out it's gonna be it's gonna be wild um skit what was a big takeaway for you for giddy
2: yeah before i get into the takeaway just last piece on that shooting uh Mm -hmm. josh giddy said himself like i need to improve my shooting and he said it multiple times and it's just nice to hear that he's not delusional in any sense and thinks that he's got it figured out in any way and he knows that he needs to improve it so it's just that's just nice to see but my biggest takeaway wasn't any specific thing he said but just the overall vibe I was getting when I was watching his interview. He was like really calm, really professional answering all the questions and he was just like he had, he seemed like a leader talking about how he's encouraging the younger guys and even the older guys trying to work with them, him and Jeremiah and their trick plays and everything.
3: Mm-hmm. And I was just
2: like wow, this guy sounds like a complete leader and kind of like an alpha on the team and he's like the second, third, fourth youngest player on the team. That's kind of crazy if you really think about it and you have that perspective considering the rookies coming in are a full year or two years older than him. And he's over here being mature and like leading them along the way mm-hmm. and not needing to be led. So that was my biggest takeaway overall.
1: Yep. Josh's maturity knows no bounds, uh, even with his luscious locks of hair. So uh, Clemente, uh, what was it like getting to uh, interview Josh Giddy real time, man?
0: Oh man, I got to say Josh is a, fast talker, so trying to like tweet out some of his quotes <laughs> man, that's the thing of nightmares because he, he talks at a very uh fast pace um, um, but i was able to ask josh like what his favorite or who his favorite NFL team was and he said kansas city and he brought up how gave him a little bit of crap because it kind of looked like he was jumping on the bandwagon because he conveniently jumped on whenever uh they won the super bowl or when they just won the super bowl so yeah that was just a little bit funny um he also said you know that he's starting to like learn American football the last year or so. So um that's pretty cool to hear that he's embracing, you know, American football because that's a big thing here in Oklahoma. Um it's also a pretty smart self-awareness because he <laughs> should know the Oklahoma Demographic loves American football. And like mm-hmm. if he wants to win over the fan base, then that's one easy way to do so.
1: Yep, absolutely man. I, I really enjoy just him reiterating how much he loves Oklahoma and the Thunder. You know, just talking about how this is a place that I wanted to be. Like, and he's got roots there, man. Like, it's not just him and the organization. Like, you know, we talked about how his sister. Uh, wh- where was it? She transferred to. Yeah, uh, I Where's... forgot what the name. Was. It's a small school. Is it but...
3: Southern Nazarene? Um,
0: I think so, but yeah, his sister lives with him now mm-hmm. in OKC. Um, she was with ORU last season, which is near Tulsa, which is like around two hour difference. So yeah.
1: Yep. So, I mean, he's got legitimate roots now, man. So, like, I mean, like Shea, Giddy has given no indication of wanting out or any kind of uh, negative words about the Thunder organization or anything like that. But it's just encouraging, like, you know, to see these players like high picks in the draft. Want to be a part of this program and part of this team, so it, it's definitely refreshing. Um, all right, let's uh let's get to the next player here. Um, we're gonna go Trey Mann. We're gonna go Trey Mann. So, get what was a takeaway for you for uh, Trey Mann?
2: Trey Mann, it's easily the muscle watch, the muscle watch is real with him. So, I looked up his weight last year, and he was listed at 178 pounds. And this year he's listed at 190 pounds and you could see every bit of that. Like he just looks a lot stronger. I wonder if that impacted him in summer league because he played like really bad in summer league, but he had, he's had the whole summer to adjust to that, you know, after gaining 12 pounds of muscle or so. Mm -hmm. And he also has a lot of cool tattoos. So it's just, you know, shout out to him. He's pretty cool on the vibes and hopefully that translates on the court too.
1: hundred percent of vibes guy. Love it. Uh Clemente, did was the was the muscle watch like evident in person?
0: Oh yeah, a little bit. Um yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, Trey's favorite media. Trey's such a sweetheart when it comes to talking to the media. He's like super nice, he's a super nice kid. Um it was fun because whenever he was the first question I was asked about him was about how much muscle or and weight he's gained. And like it was funny, he was like how he said that, you know, first of all, he appreciated that he was asked about
1: that. <laughs> it's like thank you so much for noticing. <laughs> Yeah. Been putting in that work, man. Uh, Hunter, what about you, man? What was it? What was the takeaway from Trey, man? I think one of the big takeaways. Uh, Trey talked about this, and uh, Schlecht was talking
3: to uh, Lindy Waters and Mike Muscala about it. But whenever mm-hmm. they talked about Trey, man, they said he looks like he <clears> took <throat> the biggest step whenever they're playing pickup mostly. And Trey also talked about how he really wants to be more efficient. So it looks like Trey has really worked on himself a ton this offseason. And we saw sparks of it last year, last season. I mean, every now and then you see him on the court, he starts cooking. But, you know, that efficiency has got to go up a little bit. And it looks like he's just worked on himself completely. I'm excited to see what kind of big step he took because the players are noticing it in the, in the, uh, the offseason. They're noticing on the court. So I just can't wait till we get to see it on the court in regular season action.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, we we saw the offensive firepower that he has. Um, you know, the Celtics third quarter with like six threes like comes to mind immediately. Uh, but he also had a really good game against. Was it the
2: Cavaliers? Of Boston Celtics? Was it- I, I just said the Celtics. Oh, okay. it,
1: it was another game. I don't remember which one it was. It doesn't matter. We we, we just know Trey man's really good at basketball. He's really good at getting points in bunches and. You know, talking about efficiency, I, I think, ironically enough, I think in terms of, like, you know, volume three-point shooters, like guys that have taken, like, more than, like, two attempts a game, he was one of our highest percentage shooters um, on the year in terms of percentage. So, uh, for him to, you know, making it a point of emphasis to even improve that, like, that'd be huge, man. That'd be huge. Uh, Clemente, what what was the takeaway for Trey, man, for you, man?
0: Oh, man. um I mean, I, I feel like I said like all, all of the main points of Trey Man. I mean, he's looks like, he, he he's one of the guys who gained like a lot of muscle. I mean, like uh Yanni said, if you compare his training camp from last year to this year's training camp, there there's like a significant up uh, addition to that. Um and, you know, like Hunter said, Train Man had like a really solid second half last season before he uh before he was shut down. Um mm-hmm. so it'll be interesting to see if he can carry that into the beginning of this season and hopefully build off of that.
1: Yep, absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to see the dude shoot some threes, but I also want to see him dunk on some people again. That was, that was some of the most fun dunks that it, we've seen a while as Thunder fans because, you know, we, we have had a super athletic team uh, since Russ left. So um, my big takeaway kind of came from the, it was the Thunder Basketball Universe podcast um, when they was talking to Dre, and um, he, he, they, what was it they asked him? They asked him a question and he basically, he answered it by saying, you know, just invoking the broccoli and Skittles lines. He's like, broccoli's just stuck in my head. And, you know, it's funny because, like, it's like an inside joke kind of with Thunder fans, um, with specifically Trey Mann. But for, like, Trey Man, like, unprovoked to, like, bring it up and, like, say, like, how significant that is uh, for him and, like, his development. Yeah, I I just thought it was really funny. For So, like, we got to start calling Trey Man Broccoli, basically, is what I'm hearing.
2: Pretty much. Like, his rookie year hair was also, like, Broccoli-style haircut, so it fits the vibe. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Hey, <laughs> he needs to buy into the Skittles, though. He needs to He needs exactly. to get different colors in his hair, too. So, taste yep. the rainbow.
2: He needs to come to the dark side. But it, I think <laughs> it just shows that Mark Dignot is a very hands-on coach, and his impact is, like, really felt with the players like Darius Baisley last year when he was talking about how much Mark means to him as a person and all that, like these little things kind of reaffirm it about how much they love him in the organization.
1: Yep. For sure, man. And uh, all right, let's get into uh, Lou Dort. And uh, let's, I think I started with, yeah, we'll go hundred this time. Hunter, what was your takeaway for Lou Dort? Uh, just hearing about
3: how Lou Dort was mostly working on the off season on his, uh, the surgery he had on the shoulder Mm-hmm. And just trying to, you know, not really working. I mean, working too much on the court, but working to rehab himself back. So I'm interested to see him playing with the team during the training camp and uh, just how his shoulders progressed. And I'm also interested in, in, in his tennis skills
1: there when he was talking about. <laughs> yeah, like- <laughs> that's wild, man. My, I, I was not expecting him to say anything about tennis. <laughs> but hey, that that's great for
3: lateral quickness. Hey, you telling me. And soccer too. I mean he's working on that footwork, I tell you.
0: Yeah, there so, you go. A little bit of um jiu-jitsu as well. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> hey, let me tell you. I'm not saying he would, but Lou Dort could kill a guy. Probably could. <laughs> I need to see Lou Dort in the next season of Cobra Tower. I'm gonna leave it at that. Hey, there you go. Need it. Need him going against uh freaking uh another silver's in jail now. Uh crease, need him <laughs> going against crease. Oh, spoiler work for Cobra Kai. Sorry. Anyway.
2: Uh, all right, Skit, uh, go ahead. Uh, with Ludor, I would say, because mo- more so with the interviews, more so the same vibes, but he just seemed really proud of his contract and it just kind of made me feel happy for him, him and Kenrick mm-hmm. specifically. Like whenever uh, any of the media people were asking him about his contract, he just got a bright smile on his face and he just felt really kind of accomplished from that. And you could see like he felt a bit relieved because now he can just focus on the Thunder community, go out and interact with fans and everything. So it, it was just nice to see Dort happy with this contract and hopefully he lives up to it because it's a big bag.
1: Yep, yeah, absolutely. And uh, they kind of broke it down in the, in the podcast stream uh, talking only Dort, you know, he went from being undrafted, signing a two way, having his two way converted to a real contract for the rest of the season uh, to having an, uh, an extension from that and then now his like big extension and it's just like it it was a different path i think is how they they labeled it, it as a different path and it was kind of like not unprecedented but like you know it's definitely the path west traveled on but you know it didn't door didn't like let it get to him like he was never he never wavered from his plan and you know he, he let his hard work continue to you know carry him on and you know, now we're seeing the, now we're seeing the, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, words are hard sometimes. So I'm going to let Clemente <laughs> take over.
0: Yeah. I mean, I still want to know what went down during those contract negotiations because both Sam and yeah. Lou were asked about it and they both kind of gave a non-answer saying like, Oh, you know, Lou wanted to stay here long-term and you know, if someone wants us to stay here long-term then we'll work out a deal, but like, I really want to know what happened because I really don't think that's the entire truth. Because how do you go from saying one day that yeah we'll probably wait until next summer to talk contract negotiations to five days later signing this guy to a five-year, eighty-seven and a half million dollar deal? I mean that's 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 quite a that's quite a shift. So yeah. we never really got a real answer out of either Sam or Lou, which is expected. Um, but yeah, I mean I would love to know what happened. <laughs>
1: Want to know what happened in the room where it happens? So yeah, I I would have liked to known that too. But you know, I mean, at the end of the day, like I'm just happy he's here, man. I'm happy he's happy. I'm happy he's buying in. Uh, you know, another year playing alongside uh, Shea and obviously Giddy. But you know, like Shea and Dort have kind of been like you know that tight bond ever since they you know came to OKC. So yeah, I'm excited for him. I'm excited to see what Dort has to has to bring to the court this year. Uh, let's go to Darius Baisley. I'm um, gonna we'll start with Clemente because Baisley has been. I, I don't. I don't want to say bipolar on on the mic, but he's kind of been bipolar on the mic. Like we've seen him, like really happy, like energetic, and like willing to answer. And we've seen him like super monotone and kind of defensive. Um, Clemente, what was the vibe today with Baisley?
0: All I got to say is that when they opened up locker rooms this season. Basley's definitely gonna be like one of the players I avoid. <laughs> yeah, he's very, he's very. Uh, I wouldn't say hostile, but like whenever he enters the room, like the air thickens. If you get what I'm saying, like mm-hmm. everybody's everybody's like on the edge of the sea trying to word the question uh, right. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, but credit to Beasley as well. I mean, he looked out of all the players, I felt like he looked the most ripped. Like he had yeah. like, huge biceps and everything. To, like and i remember seeing they and you know the fun had like a, t- a ton of guys who gained weight according to their training camp roster sheet and that's like basically was the one where you really noticed it the most um so there was that and you know it, and he also gave he also explained why he switched jersey numbers kind of he said that you know he basically said it was a time for a change but like he said it in the most vague way possible where you don't really you didn't really get an answer out of it um but we did find out today that he used to wear 55. I mean, I'm not sure if he wore it in high school because he didn't go to college. But I'm just assuming he wore 55 in in high school since mm-hmm. that's the only other time he played, you know, professional or competitive basketball.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I've just I don't know. Like he was, he was a little bit warmer in the podcast stream, like just a little bit. And obviously, you kind of saw him interacting with the guys um and with like the the uh like the social media people and like you know he's seen a little warmer but like yeah just the vibe like i saw from like the pictures and the videos and even the answers like dude's just super standoffish and it's i don't know the the vibe the vibe is weird so um hunter yeah, uh, i'll oh, go ahead i was go gonna have real quick
0: I think I forgot who asked him, but someone
1: asked him if he's going to make more music. And he just yeah, he <laughs> said, no. said, no, that's it. <laughs> I was like, oh, shoot, what'd y'all do to the man? <laughs> um, now, I know I said Hunter, so but I, I let Hunter go first the past two times. So I'm going back to Skit. Skit, what, what was your takeaway for bass?
2: Um, Honestly, I don't really have one based off <laughs> what I saw and what I read, because all his answers were. Pretty short and straightforward, mm-hmm. like the, no one Clemente is mentioning. Like when I saw that quote, I was just like, "Oh, it's gonna be that kind of interview, huh?" So I honestly don't really have a takeaway, aside from muscle watch, because I think he put on about ten pounds of muscle, so that's good to see. But don't have a specific takeaway, but you know, hopefully his game is is good next year.
1: Yeah. Yep, for sure. Uh, Hunter, do you have anything else, man? Hey, you know,
3: I I was about to question the vibe too as well. That's pretty much <laughs> all you can leave it at. I mean, you know, the whole having to work out a contract with them now and then switching from seven to fifty five and then like you said, the move for right now. I got him on official chin scratcher watch. I'll
1: leave it yeah. at that. I like it. I like it. Um, I did like that he had like a very specific goal in mind in terms of like uh how much weight he wanted to gain. Uh what was it he said he was trying to get up to two twenty uh before the start of the season? Yeah. And he said he's on track for that, so yeah, hey, shout out Baez, man. Uh, well, where do you say he was at at the end of the season? Like one ninety five, something like that. I think it's like two oh eight. Okay, yeah, I, I think I, I think I'm mistaken. Poku's weight uh, from last year, so <laughs> <laughs> that's my fault. But uh, Clemente, Well, one more question on Baezly. Well, you know, obviously, when you guys have players in there, everybody has all the questions they want to ask, and you know, basically, at, at, you know, after everybody's done asking questions, is like, anybody else? All right, thanks, Shay, or whoever. Um, with Baisley, did you guys, like, quickly pick up on the vibe and stop asking so many questions? Or
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Because um, I think the first question he was asked was about his jersey number. And, like, you know, he didn't really answer it. <laughs> yeah. um, and after that, I think, like, you know, a couple of questions later, he was asked about his music, and he just said no. And then after that, I guess, you know, people kind of realized, like, all right, I guess, you know, Bais isn't in a
1: fun mood today <laughs> yeah it's like we're not doing it but yeah you know like i said you know he was kind of warmer and the other stuff and you know maybe i don't know maybe he just uh he feels uh scorned by the media um you know in his rust bag a little bit there so it's all right base I, I mean he's gonna have an opportunity to play this year and opportunity to show out and you know might be one of his last opportunities for the thunder so hopefully hopefully he takes advantage of that but
0: yeah um he was a little bit more lighthearted whenever he was asked about um, J Dub and J Will, so there, there's that. <laughs> he, he, he gave a pretty wild answer there as well. Uh,
1: yeah,
0: it could have been worded better, but yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I think you're referring to Santa Clemente. Come on now.
0: Oh, you're right. I forgot. I'm on your <laughs> podcast. Uh, I'll keep that in mind.
1: <laughs> uh Hey, let's let's transition right into him because. uh I got fight merch for Joe Masato. He came on the podcast and, you know, we we went back and forth on the Santa nickname. He said he was going to ask him about it at media day and he did not do it. So Clemente, why did nobody ask about the Santa nickname?
0: Uh, That's that falls that falls on me. You know, I should have asked that. Um, I was I was too focused on the last of us trailer to really ask about that. (laughs)
1: Hey, he appreciated that. Like, yeah, he appreciated that for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I was surprised they didn't watch. I mean, to be honest, I, I didn't watch it at that point either because the trailer dropped, like, when I was at the arena. Um, so I really, I really wanted to know what, what you know, Santa Clara Jalen Williams had to say about it.
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I really enjoy um, Jalen Williams just because, like, his interaction with the fans, like, on social media is, like – Really, unlike any other Thunder player that we've had, like he he just slides in people's mentions like it's nobody's business, and and like you wouldn't even expect it. Like when he when he uh, replied to Thunder focuses picture when he was like a Chet Holmgren and the other Thunder rookies, like his name wasn't involved at all. <laughs> he found yeah. that like I don't know, it's wild, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, uh, let's go uh, let's go back to Hunter. Hunter, uh, what was your takeaway uh, from Santa? The big takeaway
3: is, what is an alligator corn dog? That is my big takeaway. You, we do not know. Just, we may well, never I, know.
1: I've never heard of such.
3: You haven't either. And that really caught my attention, I got to say. <laughs> In all seriousness, I got to say, him talking about emulating uh, SGA as well, uh, mm-hmm. looking over him oh, throughout the season and modeling his game, that seemed like a pretty big takeaway for me as well. I mean, obviously, uh, how J-Dub looks like right now. Oh, sorry. We just talked about this and I already said Jade up Santa. Come on, Hunter.
1: You've made a meme for me and everything. <laughs> I know.
3: I got to keep up with the pace. I'm sorry. I've, I've become everybody else. I, I I failed you. I'm so sorry. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm interested to see uh, how SJ is going to take him under his wing, how he's going to learn from SJ as well, because he's got all the tools there. And especially, I mean, his driving ability is probably one of the best on the team outside of Shea as well. So I'm really interested to see how he takes that after Shea with
1: the during this season yeah and if if you if you don't call him santa again you're gonna eat coal in your stocking that's all yeah, i gotta you say so. <laughs> I deserve, um, you're totally right yeah no um it's funny because the no ceilings guys you know we we had all of them on uh during the offseason like the pre-draft stuff uh they were kind of early on the Jalen williams hype and uh cory of the draft at box specifically um he kind of he hates player comps, but like this one he said was so glaring, he had to get it out there. And he said that Jalen's game reminds him a lot of Shea Gold's Alexander, like even before we drafted him. So, uh, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, how that works. You know, I mean, you know, they're both guards that are about the same size and have extremely long wingspan. And obviously, like uh, I said that Jalen Williams has the finishing of Shea, if Shea could like do crazy dunks. Because he's finishing off like both hands on both sides of the rims, off off uh, different feet as well. But like he's doing it on crazy dunks, so yeah, really enjoyed that. Uh, Skit, what about you, man? Well and, and and just address him really quick, uh, so so we know if you're a real one.
2: Uh, uh, oh, oh, see, I was about to start with J Dub, but then <laughs> I caught on to it. So I had two takeaways from Santa. The first one is he's just straight up. A lovable person like everyone loves him i haven't seen a single thunder fan who has a negative thing to say about him because he's just so nice and so kind and like goes out of his way to interact with fans and all that mm-hmm. um and my media day takeaway was it just like slipped out of my mind i think it was uh it, can you just come back to me totally yeah st- no
1: you're good you're good
2: yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, i appreciate that, you saying yeah, that's how lovable Santa is, you know?
1: Yeah. Everybody loves Santa. You gotta love Santa. Uh Clemente, um, what was your what was your uh this wasn't your first interaction with Jalen Williams, right? You was there at the post-draft thing?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the same time I've seen him um in person. I actually asked him about the funder during the draft process as well, whenever they were doing Zoom interviews mm-hmm. for the prospects. So yeah, um he super cool. Um I just wanted to say that. You know, we'll try being out for the entire season. That kind of opens up, like, at least 25 minutes a night and, like, a ton of touches and, like, a ton of scoring opportunities. I really think, you know, data can be, like, one of those guys that can really run away with that founded opportunity now that it checks out for the season. Um, so, yeah, that's just some, you know, that's just something I kind of um, – I wanted to ask data that, but it kind of slipped my mind at the moment, like, you know, we'll check out for the season um what's your i guess approach to that a lot of those extra touches. but
1: um yeah yep i absolutely man and uh cole in your stocking because you just referred to my jw uh, it's second nature it's second nature at this no, point it's, it's all you right
0: i'm right. losing battle yeah <laughs> <losing battle> <laughs> <laughs>
1: i've i've got to keep it going as long as i can so um no, I mean, I think Trey Mann even mentioned that like he's mixed up and called J Will, J Dub, and J Dub, J Will. I'm like this. That, that's when I say this is why we Santa. Like, they're, they're, <laughs> like that's how you differentiate. I think Aaron Wiggins had his name as Santa Clara in his phone yeah, until we yeah. met him. So like, come on, man. Like, you know, th- there's something there. But um, I, I did like. I, I think it's easier to do Dub and J, like personally, you know, just because like there's no J there to like confuse everything. So like, I think it was Shay that said that he just calls uh Santa dub and he calls uh Jalen Williams, J. So, you yeah, know, there, there's a different shade over there. And, so. um,
0: it was pretty funny how Derek curve was like, you got to come up with some nicknames for these guys. And I'll ask Hunter, like, who's going to tell him <laughs> to, this out a couple months ago, man.
1: Oh. Hey, and favors <laughs> bought me on Twitter for some reason. So he never got to see it. <laughs>
3: That's because oh, he that. communicates your like smoke signals or something. I think he's way behind on technology. It's the old man. I'll tell you. I I he, mean he meant to click the
2: follow button and he just hit block back. Yeah, you know?
1: if <laughs> only. Yeah. If only. Like, listen. Like, Bader isn't my favorite player in the NBA, and I've I've said that we're probably gonna move on from him. I'm speaking facts. Like, I'm I'm not saying anything too out of turn. If you get. If you get salty about that and block me, you know, that's, that's, your own, that's your own problem. So, uh, Skit, going back to you, man. Did you think about what he was going to say?
2: Yes, I finally remembered it. Because yes. it wasn't something he actually said. It was something Mark said. Uh, oh, so right, right. Basically, he said that while uh, – I'm quoting, so I can say it. While J-Dub did have a great summer league and he played really well, he still has to prove himself once training camp begins. And that's just kind of to – temper everyone's expectations because we all love him mm-hmm. we all think he's going to be amazing while he probably still will be and really could be we still need to kind of humble our expectations and realize that this is now the starting point and summer league doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things
1: yeah absolutely and yeah, you know, there there's a lot of thunder fans uh shout out to uh i think it's sports fan 405 um specifically like <laughs> Jalen Williams has already jumped like Trey man like he's he's there it's like Shea, Chet, Josh Giddy, Jalen Williams, Santa Clara like that's that that's his order there but I, I do think that was important context for Mark to kind of put out there and kind of pump the brakes a little bit because I do think he's going to be competing for if not a starting spot like you know like the sixth, seventh man minutes depending on you know where Trey ends up there I do think Trey is ahead in the pecking order right now but like he's definitely going to have a lot of opportunity. And, you know, he's more um, – he's one of the older players, right? He's like, what, 21, I believe? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he's he's got some years on him. He's got some maturity on him. And I think he'll be able to step up and take the challenge. But, uh, yeah, just just pump the brakes a little bit. Let it, let him prove it against, you know, his own team. So, absolutely. Uh, let's get into one of my favorite players. Hashtag Jane Gang, baby. Uh, Clemente, what was it like to talk to Usman Zhang? Um, is the, uh, language barrier, dialect barrier, um, kind of difficult to navigate or was he kind of easy to talk to and understand?
0: Zhang, I mean, to his credit, his English is pretty good. Um, I'm not sure mm-hmm. if that's his first or second language. Um, I'm assuming it's not, mm-hmm. but you know, it's pretty good. Um, he was able to answer all the questions that was asked for him pretty, uh, clearly and thoroughly. Um, but, I mean, yeah, Dane, I mean, he's bigger in person, that's for sure, man. Like, TV yeah. really doesn't do, do him justice. Like, he he's he definitely doesn't have the body of a – how old is he? 19? <laughs> he looks yeah. way more mature than that. Um, but, I mean, yeah, Dane was cool. Um, I asked him about Victor um, hoping that he would give me a little bit more than what he did, but okay. – <laughs>
1: Hey, I mean, hey, he said he's he's good friends with him and he played with him before. So I mean that's that's a leg up from what we had last year. So hey, as far as I'm concerned, you, you did good, man. You got a got a good answer. I just made my seat go down on accident. So shoot myself <laughs> back up there. Uh got gotta be on that Victor Woman hype for the for the podcast. <laughs> so um yeah, it's something that uh, I really was excited about with Usman Zhang is like, you know, obviously he's a project and he's he's tall and he's lanky, but unlike somebody like Poku, for instance, or even Chet, like he's got really broad shoulders. So he has like a lot of room to fill out that frame. So, um yeah, I, that's what everybody says. Like when they see him in person, like he's so much bigger than what you what you would think he is. So it's got me excited. It's got me excited. I, I saw some flashes in summer league. So uh, I'm going to stop gushing about the Jane gang now. So uh, Skit, let's go back to you, man. What, what was your takeaway for Ooze?
2: Uh, so it's, I don't know how many words this is. It's like two, three words. He's six foot 10 and he's 216 pounds at 19 years old. Like that's just insane. Mm-hmm. Just looking at that. Cause you have Darius Baisley who's 21, 216 pounds. We were all talking about how impressive he looks, how much muscle he put on. And Usman Jang is the same weight as him about the same height as him. And is only 19 and everyone compliments his work ethic. So even though he's, fairly shy and quiet probably because of language barrier and things like that everyone credits his hard work and if he has that kind of frame with a lot of time to fill that out as a forward watch out things could get dangerous absolutely I'm fully compared to the jang gang now apparently. there we go
1: there we go you've seen the light from the from the sohan hive whatever yeah. crap you just calling it jang <laughs> gang for life baby uh yeah,
2: all right I'm still scared though, cause his floor is like Kevin Knox, but you know we move. So,
1: <sighs> wow, you just landed <laughs> Jang and a Kentucky player at the same. All right, Cole, and you're stocking too, Skit. All right, anyways, Hunter, let's go to you, man. What was the takeaway for ooze for you, man?
3: It's obvious Sam Presti has a plan here. We got three French speakers, and Clemente asked about Webanyama. I mean, we're obviously recruiting like college football. This is what we're doing. Uh, no, but, uh I think one of the big things that stood out was he talked about his versatility and that's obviously Sam Presti's new model. He's got out here before mm-hmm. all the athletic guys in the Westbrook era. And now you got guys that could be playmakers and, uh, you know, Jang is one of them and J-Dub as well. Oh, That's my second strike. I'm sorry, Dylan. <laughs> that again, okay. Okay, But there goes a cold in my stocking. But, uh, you know, I like, uh, you know, they talked about Usman's uh frame, a uh, frame. I almost said Frank. I don't know where that came from. It's Frank. Usman
1: <laughs> it Frank, baby.
3: <laughs> his frame is height and uh you know he just looks so fluid on the court. We saw him in the summer league and I forget which game it was where he just played his heart out in that one. And uh his shot is almost there, and like we talked about earlier with Chip England. I mean, all the the, the tides are in his favor here. So I really hope that he is able to develop into the player that we think he'd be he could be become, and Sam Presty think he can become because I mean he's got all the tools there. Utility is yeah. There.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think he talked about in the uh the podcast stream how you know, he's a guy that can, you know, dribble, pass, shoot. And he admitted that, like, early on in the – in summer league, like, you know, he said, I, I played bad. Like, I was terrible. Like, I came out guns blazing. Like, you know, I I was, you know, trying to really look for my shot a lot. And, you know, once I kind of settled down, I started playing within – uh, the rhythm of the offense, like, you know, I, I started to do better. And I think the game you're talking to is at, or talking about is actually when uh, Giddy was out, Trey Mann was out, and Jang was one of the main ball handlers. I think Jalen Williams might have even been out in that game. Um, but he was one of the main ball handlers. So, you know, he got uh he he really got to cook. You know, that, that's where the let ooze cook came from, uh that that I that I brought out on the timeline because, you know, obviously when he has the ball in his hands, that's when he does good. But you know, with guys like Josh Giddey, Shagos Alexander, uh, Jalen Williams, Trey Mann, like, he's going to have to learn to be effective off ball. But defensively, like, I, I think that, you know, he's he's got a lot of uh, – he's got a lot of chops defensively. So, uh Clemente, what was the takeaway from Uz for you?
0: Yeah, and to kind of add on to your point about, you know, how Uzman looked in the summer league whenever mm-hmm. it was just him as the main ball handler, I think he brought up, like, Kevin Durant and Paul George's guys that he's trying yeah. to, you know, steal a couple of moves from, um, which is ideal, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, for sure. Um, so, you know, if, Uzman Usman can, uh, you know, develop into this, you know, almost seven foot, uh, tall player who can handle the ball and score off the dribble on a consistent basis, then that's like hitting a home run with the, um, 11th overall pick uh, for him. And we saw a little bit of that in the summer league, um, like you said, especially those last couple of games that he played before he was shut down. Um, I doubt he'll get those opportunities this season, at least early on. Maybe he'll get them in, like, April. Um, But, you know, that's going to be something, you know, to watch out for. Um, See if he has maybe a game or two this season where he really shows that off. See if he has a quarter or two this upcoming season where he really shows that off. And, you know, if he does that, then I feel like, you know, his rookie season, I would – Considers rookie season to be a successful one if he shows his maybe shows off you know those
1: type of flashes mm-hmm. absolutely and yeah you know, there's a lot of people just like automatically proverbially throwing him in the g league for at least half of the season but i i can legitimately see him you know getting onto the floor and playing just because of the fact that he plays defense and how much Mark Degnault values that in a player and you know honestly like why not throw him out there like let him go out there, let him try, let him fail, let him learn. And uh, that was kind of my motto with Shea being the lead ball handler after Chris Paul left. And, you know, that's, I'm kind of sticking to it here. So, um, yeah, uh, I I was going to say, you know, I kind of had a take after the draft, you know, talking about the rookies that we have coming in that, um, in this class, we drafted – this this class's version of Evan Mobley and Chet Holmgren, obviously. Uh, Moses Moody and Jalen Williams, you know, a long-arm guy that can knock down shots. And then I said that Usman Jang is this year's Scotty Barnes because he's a guy that can create off the dribble, that can create 1st teammates as well for himself. But also, like, you know, everybody wants to throw out Jeremy Sohan as the defender, and, yeah, he's got the physical – defensive tools like obviously but in terms of just like the know-how and like sliding your feet and flipping your hips and like staying in front of your guy and know where to be like I think Usman's right there and as he starts to fill out his frame as well I think that he could really you know kind of slide into that like Scotty Barnes role defensively and really give dudes fits so uh yeah that's my take and I'm sticking to it but um guys we've gone about an hour obviously there's a lot more players so what i'm going to do is i'm going to have you guys pick one player of the remaining players um and you know you can just kind of give like your your takeaway from them and uh we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap this thing up here so i'm going to start with skit uh skit what was uh, one other player I'm kind of one, like one of those fringe rotation guys fighting, or I guess Jeremiah Robinson Earl is probably going to be starting, and we haven't said nothing about him, so you can go with him too. So you know, wh- whatever you want to do.
2: Yeah, I was planning on going with JRE. Um, I was I'm going to leave Poku to someone else that they want to take on that. Show, but uh, first thing and most obvious thing with every media day is the muscle watch. He put on 10 pounds. He was 230 last year. Now he's 240 pounds. So that's good to see. And he like just seems wow. bigger, stronger, all that. And one of his personal takeaways from this summer is that he's a better shooter and that he thought he was a good shooter last year and he thinks he's even better now. So that's just good to see since he's going to be a glue guy on our team. And just mm-hmm. overall, he just seems really mature, happy, and kind of gives off like a a like a like leader vibe. Like I could see him turning into just personality-wise, similar to Kenrich, kind of the guy who pushes people to be in the right place and do the right things. So that's good to see from him.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, man. I love that. You know, obviously, everybody kind of thought JRE was going to be starting uh, alongside Chet. And, you know, even now with Chet being out, JRE is probably still going to start. But his his role and his responsibility is probably a little bit more with Chet out. So I uh, definitely look forward to seeing a little bit of year two JRE. Um, let's go to Hunter here. Hunter, what was, uh, what was another takeaway from another play we haven't talked about yet? You know what? I
3: will go from what Yanni said on Poku because I want to call <laughs> Molku Shefsky at this point. I mean, man, building up that muscle. You love to see that. <clears throat> this is, oh, man, he's deep into his, uh, uh, time here with oklahoma city right now so he has still some more to prove obviously i mean we've seen him on the court and he just lacks some skills that you've really been wanting to see at at this point in time so for him to build up that muscle and he's already maturing on the mic as well as i'm maturing on the mic i sound like i'm talking about a wwe wrestler clemente (laughs) Yeah, just, you know, it looks like he's matured. He's in that sort of like, uh, you know, uh, tenured vet type of a mindset at this point. I just want to see what uh, Poku can do uh, at this point in time and seeing if, you know, building that muscle mass as well, if he's improved on his game anymore, because he's still got stuff to prove and he's almost up on that uh, contract of his. I mean, he's been in Oklahoma City for a while, so I can't wait to see, uh need to see what he can prove out on the court this upcoming season.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. That was, like, the first, like, big thing, like, news drop that happened, like, even before Degnault took a seat to, like, start answering questions. Like, they released the preseason roster and Poku's weight was, like, the immediate takeaway. And I, I thought it was a typo. Like, I didn't think it was going to ring out being true. But, like, you know, basically, I mean, Clemente, can, can you corroborate that? Like, is that, like, accurate?
0: Yeah, I mean, Poku definitely looked – more swole um compared to like last time we saw him for sure um, mm-hmm. especially in his arms um which is you know a good thing for sure
1: yeah for sure man well hey i you know Poku's is one of the one of the most fun shows in basketball um for better or for worse so uh you know if he adds a little bit of muscle and you know gets more opportunity this year i'm down for it so
2: i, I had a quick question for clemente actually so Hoku's weight in his rookie season was 190 and his sophomore season was also 190. And then this year it jumped to 210. Do you think they just didn't update it last year or do you really think he gained 20 pounds of muscle in like, oh, man. cause it's, I mean, there- it seems kind of weird to me.
0: Yeah. There's a little bit of like room for error. And when it comes to that, um, uh, Maybe, you know, they didn't, you know, weigh him properly. But, like, I, I don't even know how many they went last season because it was all on Zoom as well. So, like, who knows mm-hmm. if they even weighed Hoku last season. Um, but, you know, in terms of, you know, just how he looks like from the good old eye test, Hoku definitely looks like he's he's gained some muscle mass on his arms for sure from, you know, the last time I saw him to, to today.
1: Yep. I feel like that man never smiles. Makes me sad. <laughs> Like, he, he looks like he should be just this jolly, goofy, tall dude, but he just never smiles. <laughs> so, um, all right, Clemente, uh, let, let's finish this out. Finish it out with you, man. What was, uh you know, being a guy that was there in the room, like, who who was the guy that stood out for you we haven't talked about?
0: Oh, man. I mean, I really like how Kenneth Williams kind of appeased to the fan base by saying how much he loved Oklahoma City. I mean, I'm sure he's being genuine about it, but, like, man, I've been living, you know, in this state my entire life, and he seems to live it more than I do. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, was just kind of funny to see how much, you know, he loves OKC and how much, you know, he loves the organization um, and how much he loves, you know, his family living here. Um, so he also, you know, reaffirmed that, you know, he still wants to retire here, which is, you know, pretty something pretty rare to hear <laughs> for fans. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this was the first time Kendrick was um, – Kenrich spoke to the media since signing his contract extension. Um, so for him to, you know, repeat the same things he said before about Bloom City was was pretty was, uh, was pretty nice to hear.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think the last time that we uh, the last time that we um, talked to we, I said we like I was there. The last time you guys talked to Kenrich, it was after he got that a million dollars from um, not reaching the salary floor, so oh, he was yeah. happy about that, and now. You guys get to talk to him this time, and he's got the extension, so he's even more happy about that. So, good times for Kendrick Williams. Um, yeah, one more thing. Yeah. Um, good, Eugene Amorui, Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing number 97 because he was born in the year 1997. Um, I know that kind of caught me surprised because there's a little bit of like confusion mm-hmm. about what jersey number he's going to be wearing. Um, but you know, just to confirm. When he walked into the media room, his jersey number was 97.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I I saw that and it was jarring. I was like, I'm looking at a defensive lineman right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. about to see Eugene uh, Omiyori uh, coming off the edge on somebody and sacking the quarterback. So I like, I'm surprised
0: it. he was, yeah, he's pretty young. He looks like he looks a lot older.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, he's huge, man. Like, I, I liked what I saw out of him in summer league in his minutes. Like, I mean, I think he's a good two-way player, but I I don't know why. I guess I dreamed this. I thought we waived him, so I was confused <laughs> to see him, see him back. But, hey, welcome back, Eugene. Welcome back. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, with, with that, uh, I, I think uh, we can go and put the media part to a close. But, you know, before we go, uh, you know, we always – we always try to end on a fun note. We're not gonna play a game. Just kind of, kind of predictions going into preseason. Um, and I'll go ahead and ask you guys, and we'll start with, uh, we'll start with Hunter. Um, what is your starting lineup prediction with Chet being out? Um, on opening night of the regular season.
3: Oof, man, that's a tough one, especially now with the whole SGA injury. I've been debating over that,
0: and yeah.
3: I might just have to stick with SGA still starting. Uh, if it wasn't, I was going to pick Trey, but I'm going to go SGA, uh, Lou Dort, Josh Giddy. I'll finish it out with Jerry
1: and Derek Favors. Derek Favors, okay. I like it. Uh, Yanni, let's go to you, man.
2: So this is for preseason or regular?
1: Regular season. season. Opening night, regular season.
2: Yep. Yeah, so I'll say... Uh, Shea, Giddy Dort, Jerry, and Derek Favors, just because I like having big lineups. But they'll probably put a more versatile forward at the fourth.
1: Okay. Standing in solidarity with Hunter on that one. Uh, all right, Clemente, are, are you going against the grain or are you going you gonna to time or jump on the hype?
0: Oh, man. Do you want my boring answer or do you want my fun answer?
1: <laughs> I, I want both, Clemente. <laughs> all
0: right. My boring, realistic answer is probably going to be – Josh, Lou, um, probably JRE, Baisley, and I feel like I'm missing someone obvious. Probably favors. <laughs> That's like my my boring realistic answer. There we go, Clemente. He joined the right side. Yeah, but you know, my fun answer is probably. I'm just going to assume Shay's going to be healthy, so Shay, Josh, uh, Santa. Yes. <laughs> Uh, training man and you know, JRE just play super small.
1: Oh, shoot. Okay. That'd be wild. Um, I don't know why. I feel like, uh, you know, obviously, like if Shea's healthy, he's starting. Um, Giddy, Dort, obviously, and I think JRE there, like, I think those four are like set in stone. I feel like Darius Basil is going to start. You know, I mean, he gives you some versatility on both ends of the ball. He's had experience starting. Um, and you know, if he if he does nothing else on the court, he's gonna play defense. And we know how much Degmont values defense. So yeah, I, I got Baisley starting, uh, at least at the beginning of the year. You know, maybe, maybe some Santa gets sprinkled in there, some Trey Man, maybe even some Musman Jang later on. So, but yeah, opening night that, that's what I'm going with. Uh, it, it, they're having fun in the private chat, you know, proclaim themselves Derek Favor stands. <laughs> I will never be a Derek Favor stand because he blocked me on Twitter. So uh with that, uh, I think we're going to put this to a close. So, once again, guys, I appreciate you guys coming on a short notice and sticking with me for a little bit over an hour now just to talk about Media Day and the wee hours of the night. So, uh, I'm going to go ahead and kick it to you guys and let you plug your stuff, let people know where they can find you, what you're working on. ETC. So, we'll start with Yanni.
2: Yep. So, you guys can just follow my Twitter and follow at OK3 Spaces. So, obviously, it's been the offseason, so we haven't been doing as many, but Now that the season's wrapping up, we're going to start getting that going uh, about weekly. So be sure to follow there. I'm going to start posting a lot more content on both those things. And I have some personal work. I'm not going to talk about it now because it's still in the works. But be sure to follow at OKC Skittles so that once that gets going, you could be the first to see.
1: There you go. OKC Skittles, taste the rainbow. All right. And uh, let's, let's go to Hunter. Yeah, you can follow me at HunterHardGF7
3: on Twitter. You know, memes or wrestling or Thunder stuff, whatever you like. Hey, uh, also. Uh, Marvel? Marvel as well. I can't leave that out. So, right. Thrones Hunter? Come on. Give yourself a little more credit. <laughs> and Clemente, obviously, the Game of Thrones stuff as well. So I'll leave that out there. Also, me and Clemente are in a podcast, as most of you probably know. If you don't, follow us at BtownBdown on Twitter and on Reddit as well uh, at Bricktown Breakdown. You can also listen to us on Spotify and iTunes.
1: There you go, and Clemente, uh, what do you got to add, brother?
0: Yeah, just follow me on Twitter. Um, I'm almost a free case, so you know that's a goal of mine. Brag uh, about it. Yeah, brag about it. Yeah, hey, you got, you got,
1: you got a freaking check mark. So <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: The at uh, at C Almanza, at A L M for Michael A, and for Nancy Zebra Zebra A, one zero zero seven. Um, in terms of, like my work. Obviously, the podcast, follow that. Um, that. My writing, uh, the normal transcript. I do a little bit of thunder. I dabble there with thunder. Um, I also cover the thunder for uh, USA Today's OKC Thunder Wire. So, you know, just follow those pages if you know you want to read some of the stuff that I've been writing.
1: Yep, absolutely. Clemente's been doing great work, uh, providing great work media day, and obviously like just pumping out the articles like it's crazy. Like any any kind of thunder news that comes out, Clemente's putting an article out. So I, I appreciate the dedication uh, from the guy that is now floating head on the stream. So uh, <laughs> with that being said, uh, guys, once again, appreciate you coming on. Uh, listeners, appreciate you guys listening to all the support. Season starting, man. Like season starting soon. We have a preseason game one week from today or I guess from yesterday. Uh, Yeah, exciting times in Thunderland. So uh, keep it here. Keep it at Breakdown Breakdown and also at OK3 Spaces for more awesome Thunder content. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun year. So on behalf of myself, on behalf of uh, Yanni, Hunter, and Clemente, hope you guys have a great night. God bless. Hoop when you can. And as always,
2: Thunder up. Thunder up. up.
1: Thunder up. Thunder up. Yeah. (laughs)